I'm Farah Duro, and you're listening to the PCS Revolution Podcast. Well, it's probably no surprise to you guys, treating PCOS at the root takes time and a lot of effort. Even when working with our acupuncture patients one-on-one, there just isn't enough time to really just sit down every week and make sure we're on the right track with diet, supplements, herbs, and self-care, not to mention discussing all that's involved with hormone testing and BBT or temperature charting. Now, I've been searching for a way to fill in this gap and for many years and to help as many women with PCOS as possible. So I developed the PCOS Revolution Academy. It's a 100% completely online program that goes deeper into PCOS than any program I've seen. And I wanted to invite you personally to become a founding member at the PCOSrevolution.com. And that's where I'm going to actually be inside of our private community, holding your hand every step of the way, month after month, helping you get your PCOS symptoms under control once and for all. And I'm super excited about it because each month we're going to cover different topics through our live q and sessions inside of our private community to discuss issues like improving your fertility and regulating your cycle naturally using the powerful combination of the right supplements and time-tested Chinese herbal medicine strategies that we use with our patients along with specific acupressure points that you can do at home. We're also going to be talking about the perfect strategies for getting rid of fatigue and upping your libido along with learning precisely the right amount of portions and how to eliminate cravings at their source at mealtime. We'll also get into getting your exercise and meal planning in place so that you can incorporate it easily into your daily routine. And most importantly, you're going to feel confident that for the rest of your life, even during pregnancy and beyond, you're going to have a plan that you can rely on. And I'm so looking forward to getting to know you and I want to make it easy for you to join. So here's a special savings for you as one of my listeners. Just use the code podcast to receive 20% off your first month. And once again, go to the PCOSrevolution.com and sign up now today to get the special founding member rate as a listener of my podcast. I can't wait to get started with you. Okay, let's get back to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the PCS Revolution podcast. I'm so excited today because I actually have someone on our show that I've been wanting to get on our show for several months now. And her name is Marta Montenegro. She's actually a nutrition fertility lifestyle specialist at IVFMD in Miami, Florida. And she also has a specialty in working with women with PCOS and working with their, uh, to improve their nutrition and also their fertility quotient. Uh, Currently, she offers one-on-one consultations to help women receive the optimal nutrition and wellness benefits they need for a safe and successful pregnancy. And she works closely with the doctors at IVFMD to customize individual nutrition programs, including dietary plans and supplementation. She's also a frequent contributor to both local and national media, including CNN, CNN and Espanol, NBC, ABC, CBS, and Univision. And her stories on nutrition and fitness and exercise have reached publications such as uh, AOL and Espanol and also Fox News Latino. And she is an author of a popular Spanish language book, Forget Dieting, Exercise and Learn How to Eat. Thanks for coming on to our show, Marta. Thanks to you, Ferrari. It's a pleasure to be here and an honor to be in the show. So tell me, how did you get interested in working with nutrition and fitness and uh, eventually women with PCOS? My interest um, was actually in health uh, when, unfortunately, my father passed away because of uh, 
heart attack. And that is when my passion for health and, and cardiovascular issues started. Then this turned into now, I mean, throughout the years to nutrition, physical activity, supplementation, and more what we can do from inside out to be healthy. And the part of food with the PCOS, I actually got involved because when I was in, in Venezuela, I, I was the director of a wellness center that I founded. And it was uh, really sad to see so many teenagers coming and struggling with all the symptoms of PCOS, but unfortunately, they have not been understood. Their mom thinks that they are maybe, you know, having through hormones issues that are normal to the teens years. Then you have a bunch of people that, of course, think that everything is about then what you, you are not eating well, or you are not working out, or you're, and, and it's, it's very emotionally touching to see all these teenagers that want to look at, you know, whatever the media portray, and they feel different, and they don't understand what's going on. And I feel that this is what really made me to get into the studies of everything related to uh, metabolic conditions, fertility, and of course, among them has to be PCOS because it's one of the most common. But unfortunately, it's also one of the, I would say, the the most difficult one to diagnose because it's such a multifactorial condition. It's a condition that is not just about reproduction rather than other metabolic issues, cardiovascular issues, um, other endocrine issues associated to this condition. So uh, it's very hard to, to diagnose, it's very hard to treat it, and it's very hard from the patient standpoint to understand what's going on so they can really uh, manage this. Definitely. And what you're saying about you know girls coming in that are uh, you know just hitting puberty or you know, even in their teenage years, not really knowing why they're feeling this way or what's going on with their cycles and being put on birth control immediately. That's um, what we kept seeing in our practice. And that's why and one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is to actually help educate girls too on choices that they have and ways to actually work with their bodies in different ways so that it doesn't mask the symptoms for them for most of their life, their reproductive life anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what have you seen about your, when you have patients who are, you know, trying to conceive and they come to you and they have PCOS, but they want to get pregnant right away. What, what kind of advice do you give them coming in? Unfortunately, many patients find out that they have PCOS precisely when they want to get pregnant and they have tried and and, of, and they don't get pregnant. So that is a time when sometimes you get the actual diagnosis that you are have PCOS. And unfortunately, yes, you want to have a baby tomorrow, but that is when you see the after doing all the blog work, after um, assessing everything in the patient, and you see that, again, it's not just about uh, your FSL, FSH, LH, progesterone, estradiol, but rather other metabolic conditions that 
are the root of the problem of uh, what is showing. So um, what I emphasize to the patient is understanding where this is coming from, understanding how big the spectrum of this condition is, so they can really get that sometimes it's not a matter of taking right away the this medication or that with fertility, rather than treating the metabolic condition. And the metabolic condition, in my experience for patients with PCOS, everything goes to the visceral body fat. And we now, days know more than ever and have more evidence on how that visceral body fat uh, performs as an endocrine system. And this visceral body fat releases inflammatory uh, proteins, inflammatory chemicals, and also of course leptin, which is a hormone that regulates not just reproduction, but of course, I mean, metabolic, uh, your, uh, metabolic issues. So uh, everything is started right there because once you start, let's say, upregulating, downregulating all these hormones, insulin, cortisol, of course, you're going to be affecting your FSH, your LH, your um, TSH, your thyroid, your prolactin. So many things are going to be affected because of that. Um, metabolic condition and the metabolic condition in my experience most of the time translated to elevated visceral body fat. The, 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 the important thing here is to understand that there's a difference in between weight and visceral body fat and there's a, a difference in between weight and body mass index. We all get worried about the weight, weight, weight and weight is a number and BMI is another number that if anything is a formula that I can have two patients with the same weight and the same height, therefore they will have the same BMI. But how that weight is composed is what matters because once you actually go through that and see the lean tissue and see the total fluid and then you see the fat, but you have subcutaneous fat and you have visceral body fat and that visceral body fat, regardless if you are in a healthy way, in a normal BMI or overweight or not, that visceral body fat can be too high for you. And there, because there's no magic number, it could be just too high for you. And that can, that can be the root of the problem. And that's the reason why is once you actually decrease sometimes just 2%, 3% of that visceral body fat can completely change uh, your PCOS condition. And that's what happened to me. So it's a relief for the patients to know that that first, the, it's not about losing 10 pounds, 15 pounds. It's about treating the visceral body fat. And once we treat this, they they can get pregnant naturally. Most of the time, of course, if there are not any other conditions uh, going on, but they can get pregnant naturally. And that happened to me many times uh, because, again, it's a matter of the metabolic condition. Mm -hmm. And how is that measured, the visceral body fat? That's the fat around the organ systems, right? It's like kind of the deeper fat. The, the, the visceral body fat is the one that deposits around the endometrium, the pancreas, the heart, the, the blood vessels. And that visceral body fat grows in size, whereas the, the subcutaneous body fat grows in number. This one grows in size. 
And of course, as it grows in size, it grows as, as well the, the releases of these inflammatory compounds. The way to measure this is through actually the, these inflammatory compounds, proteins and hormones that are related to that visceral body fat. That is what we measure. And accordingly to that, then we can put the patient on this particular plan or this, depending on those results. Once we see that, that is the be- because that is the best way to see how active this visceral body fat is. Okay, and some of those markers would be what exactly that you look for? We, in the blood? we check, um, and for instance, hormones like such as adiponectin that is related to insulin and glucose regulation. We check on leptin. We check into cardio CRP, of course, an inflammatory marker. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the ratio of omega-3, omega-6 fatty acids and other uh, saturated and polysaturated fats. We look into the interleukin um, l which is another inflammatory protein and marker of metabolic condition. And also we check into glufathion, which is the power, the father of the antioxidants in our body. So we look into all this. And the good thing, uh, Ferrari, is that what we're looking into is actually very standardized blood works and testing that it's been there for many other conditions. And it's nothing like the new type of testing that we're seeing now there nowadays that can be too much in the sense that um, not necessarily they, they are standardized and these can get even more confused the patients out there. I'm talking about those tests that nowadays, I mean, we have everywhere testing for this, for that. And, and food then sensitivity the- testing, what do you think about that? That's been Sorry? very popular, food sensitivity testing. It's been pretty popular. Okay. Yeah, the food sensitivity test needs to be done right in the sense that the actual, um, the best way to check for food sensitivities is actually to put a patient in an elimination plan, uh, removing certain type of food, and then starting to introduce each one. And that is going to be the best way to see how and to check your own food sensitivities. I agree. I'm talking about food sensitivities and I'm not um, intolerant or conditioned, of course, as um, celiac disease or all these conditions. But um, what I'm saying is that nowadays, if you run, and that is something very interested um, um, a recent study that show actually um, the same patient did um, this testing in two labs. Those have different outcomes, but the core of those uh, results are always the same. That's the funny part in the sense that you are always sensitive to, let's say, the food that in our head makes you fat so or makes you gain weight. Hmm. Because unfortunately, yes, that's what happened. I have many patients saying, um, I did this test for food sensitivity and I'm, I'm sensitive to gluten, dairy, egg, and the, the usual, let's say, of course. And once they remove that, they start feeling better. And they say, I, I lost weight and I feel better. Of course, you, you lose weight, but not because you had any sensitivity, rather than because, of course, you remove the the simple carbs, you remove 
plenty of the junk food. That's what you remove. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter necessarily that you remove the, the gluten. It's just that, of course, now you're not eating cakes or, or pasta, or you know. So it's not necessarily that you were having a sensitivity. The other thing that I explain to patients is as any other, I mean, as we know, for instance, if you have the gene uh, for Alzheimer's, that doesn't mean that you're going to be having Alzheimer's. So it's the same thing. You can have a sensitivity or a food sensitivity, but not necessarily have any uh, active response to that. And I have patients who can actually be, let's say, um, don't, don't necessarily show up on a, that they have this food sensitivity and they uh, then they, they uh, indeed show symptoms. So uh, this is why we need to go to the basics and the basic is, uh, is testing the food and then and again, removing, introducing and see how you tolerate that food. And the other thing is that nowadays, I mean, with all this, the gluten-free, the fish-free, the other-free, I'm really cautious about that because I think that, of course, there is a lot of marketing going on. And if anything, patients are more confused than ever. And, and scared, course, right? They're scared of yeah, food. At the end, you pay um, more for every single word, um, healthy word, in quotation marks, healthy word that you see in the package. That's the truth. And unfortunately, I see things that, for instance, like chicken, let's say a frozen food with chicken and something else. And the first thing that you read is gluten-free. Well, the chicken didn't have gluten to start with. Of course, you are paying a dollar or so because of that claim. And there's a lot of confusion about that because, of course, I mean, the wording, artesian, natural, antioxidants, and protein, and all these words sell. And the truth is that very few words are, are FDA regulated, and the other ones doesn't mean anything. So that is, um, I think, one of the things that I find very frustrating when, uh, of course, these patients get confused in terms of the, of, in terms of the nutrition. Right. And what have you seen as far as the women with PCOS that you see in your in the clinic who come in when they start making these changes to the diet that you're suggesting? And, you know, as far as physically and also with emotionally, what's going on when you when you start a specific plan that you give uh, your patients? Well, when I see the patient, I I have to check into everything and we have to make sure that the patient is seen in a holistic way and definitely not just the reproductive side, but and, uh, not just the metabolic issues, the other physiological issues, but the psychological issues, the emotional component that this condition has. I think that that is something that we should emphasize more because I... In my experience, anything related to emotions is very hard to uh, to communicate without feeling that you're going to be judged and without feeling that you're going to be weak because you're showing your emotions. And, and also because sometimes you feel guilty. And this is something very, very important because if you don't have that peace of mind, definitely you're going to be affecting not just the, the, the reproduction, not just, it's your health. It's your, and there's nothing that we can do if you are not mentally in peace. I truly believe that 
you need to be mentally connected to your body to make this happen. And so um, I think the emotional component is something that we have left aside. The fact that um, when you have PCOS, you have, I mean, for us, is we we physically can have acne or can have, I mean, uh, problems with your hair. Your, your hair is falling. Uh, you have more hair than common. So all these things, of course, hit your self-esteem. And those are things that we are not looking into. Well, it's not just about, again, give you a birth control pill or put you on, it's not or just for you to resume the period, but it's, it's way beyond that. Right, definitely. And, and I think that kind of what's behind sometimes the guilt and the shame sometimes with, um, with PCOS and diet and, you know, oh, you have to eat this and do this and, and, you know, be superwoman to overcome things and, uh, and really the small steps like baby steps are what we ask, you know, of our patients too, you know, also getting behind the, the fear of certain foods. And we just actually had this come up in our group about, um, and I posted a recipe about bananas and, and I got back this you know, response like, well, I didn't think I was able to eat bananas. And I said, of course you are. Bananas <laughs> <laughs> are good for you. But you know, it's a fear like that's going to screw up my insulin or my glucose. So I can't eat that. And I think that's very limiting in the end. What are you left with? You know, if we keep, mm-hmm. if we keep mm-hmm. eliminating things and keep taking things away, it, it becomes very miserable, actually. <laughs> so I agree with you. I agree with you in that sense. The problem is that I always tell my patients, don't go to Dr. Google because you can get crazy. I think that uh, Dr. Google, when you start Googling about this, there's a lot going on and there's a lot of don't do, don't do this, don't eat this eat this, eat that. And I find patients really overwhelmed about what they need to eat, what they can eat. And it's not about what you can't eat rather than what you can eat. And also is about way beyond the food is of course the food matters um the type of food matter of course if you um need to address more the ways along with the visceral body fat because that is higher of course the portion control matter and all that but also understanding the that there may be some hormones nutrients issues that they need to be at as a part of the complete program or plan and but also the part of the stress lifestyle factors such as of course I mean social support work all these how you sleep your GI movement all these matter so your physical activity is a little bit of everything and I don't want you to feel like you have to do this and this and this and that I want you to enjoy what you're doing and understanding better your body, and so and having more information, but good information that you can rely on. And because the more that you understand what's going on with your body, the, the better decisions that you can make. And you can start separating this from this is my fault. Am I doing something wrong? Is this that I'm eating too much? Is this that I'm not working out too much? I'm not going to say that, of course, those things matter, but sometimes it's not just about having all that check and perfect. It's also about this that we're not covering. 
uh, starting with the name of the condition, something that is not the truth. It's not PCOS. It's not just about having um, polycystic ovaries. It's, it's, it's way beyond that. And that is what I definitely emphasize. And when I put a patient on a certain dietary plan, I always tell the patient, don't take this as a diet. This is not a diet. I don't want you to feel like you're on a diet uh, because this is going to be one more diet that in three days is going to be in the trash can. I -hmm. want you to start making some dietary changes and feeling comfortable about introducing this food and and that way you introduce, you leave something out. But I'm not saying that you can't eat this and that this is going to be the worst thing. No, in reality, uh, Ferrar, there's no bad or good food. And I don't like those labels mm-hmm. um, because uh, we are the ones who put those labels. It's more about understanding what's good for you, what works for you, and also, how do you feel? And that is going to be very important. Is this the way that I want to live? Do I feel comfortable with? And I always tell the patients, just one little change at a time. And don't think that you're going to change everything on Monday because that's not going to happen. And we all know that. So it's just one thing. And once you feel victory on that little thing, then that moves to another thing. And it's, it's, it, but again, you need to make a habit. You need to feel comfortable. And if you don't feel comfortable, just talk and then we find out another way to do it. But there's a way that we can do it. Definitely. Definitely. And I mean, it's, you talk about, I guess we're circling back to the visceral, the visceral body fat. What do you recommend? for for women who come to your office and you know you see that there's a lot of inflammation and there's this is definitely a problem you start with the diet and or do you give them a diet and exercise program or what sort of thing do you start with well i try first not to overwhelm them and so i want just to start with one thing at a time so at the beginning i would say just and start making these dietary changes accordingly to, of course, how I see the patient diet. If some patients will need more of this, more of that, depending on what, uh, again, how does uh, the, her dietary intake look like. And then that's one part. Another part may be to start some supplements that can help her, depending, of course, on those results, the results of the blood work that we have. And I always address at the end the part of the exercise and stress and all that. But I always say, okay, let's start making the dietary changes. Start taking this supplement. If you are active, great. Just keep doing that. And let's see how you feel on that. And know that we're not looking into perfection. Know that this is just a plan. Neither you nor me know how you're going to respond. So let's see. We follow up and we see how you started to respond to this plan. So that way keeps away, takes away the pressure of I'm having a diet and I need to make this happen in two weeks or three weeks. And then uh, that is my, my approach. And, it, and also making sure that the patient can count with my support that matters to me because Again, it's not easy to make changes. It's not easy to understand all this that all of a sudden 
someone is explaining to you. So I find that if they have support, such as what you're doing with, I mean, the great effort that you have put out there with the with the PCOS revolution, definitely having someone else that can understand you, I think is priceless among this process. Oh, thank you. It's it is incredibly important. Even according to, you know, research, everything that has been out there has suggested like group support is so important. So we really have been really excited to get this off the ground. And I know that definitely, you know, you'll be popping in there in the group too. Yeah. And I love having that knowledge that you have available for our, our patients and also for anyone who is our students in the PCOS Revolution Academy. And I just think like if you could really just impart one piece of guidance to women with PCOS, no matter where they are in the world, what do you think would be the the best piece of guidance for them? I would say that the best thing to do will be first to check if, let's say, first check what you're eating Look into a full log, see what you're doing there, have someone that can review that and give you some guidelines on that. That's one of the things that you can start. Just if you just just as you start with looking into more veggies, fruit, looking into more natural food, that's gonna be the first step and that's gonna be great. Then make sure that someone sees you and you take what you need to take. There's a lot going on out there and not necessarily you need to take all these pills out there that you that are advised for PCOS patients. You may need it or you may not. So it's not about that now everyone takes vitamin D so you need vitamin D or you mm-hmm. need to check your levels. And right. I mean, supplements are not garments. You need to be sure of what you're taking and if you're taking the right dose and if you need to uh, maybe take it for just a month or so, but this is not forever. The other thing is that if you want to add the physical activity, don't think that you have to go to the gym and doing something really like a crossfit and really hard and high intensity. Just be active in whatever way you can, in whatever way you enjoy. That's the first thing. Um, whatever, whatever you can do, you put a little bit and but you enjoy that, that's the best exercise that you can do. Definitely. And of course, I mean, also um, all, all the emotional stress factors. So that way, get to know more how you feel because what you feel translates in how you act. And this is, this is very important. So I, I emphasize this because I think that patients with PCOS are so focused about the insulin, the glucose, the, the FSH, the LH, the, and, and again, the hormones are just marker symptoms, but they are not the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. And so if we look into this, then we're treating the root of the problem. Definitely. And it starts with, with right, finding out your triggers and learning how you respond. Um, we, you know, when we interviewed uh, Erica about a PCS personal trainer uh, last week about, you know, finding 
out the reasons sometimes why we feel like diving into the bar of chocolate or, you know, not doing exercise and that sort of thing. What, what do we need? Like, what is our body telling us that we need? We need to rest more. You know, we need to de- decompress and get away from phones and social media yeah. and all that, because that could be at the root also of, of also, you know, not feeling good in, in general. Exactly. So. You, you need to, I mean, uh, once you identify something, then definitely you say, well, I want to exercise at every time I try to do it at a tent or I'm trying to avoid um, having every time every, uh, that I see Donna's in, in the office, I, I get them. Or, um, so you need to see, okay, that is a trigger, but what is the cause of that trigger? And unfortunately, many times, any emotional component ended up in the kitchen or Mm -hmm. ended up with food. And Mm -hmm. I always tell the patients, if you have a faucet running, and of course you have water there and running, you are not going to repair the faucet with, let's say, with a brush. Okay? (laughs) So what I mean is... Don't try to fix the emotional problems with food. Find the right tool because most of the time we ended up eating this, that is because we're mad, we're angry, we're frustrated. We're, so we are treating the emotion with a tool that is not the right tool. So if you see this from this perspective, that makes you to stop and that makes you to think, okay, I'm, I'm just having this cake or this chocolate or this, or that is because I'm feeling frustrated I'm feeling angry. And mm-hmm. of course that is an immediate relief, but is I'm not treating the, the root of what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I would advise first to make that conscious um, consciousness, make a stop, And once you make a stop, really, you're going to say, okay, definitely, yes. I'm not treating the root of the problem with the right tool. I'm using a tool that I shouldn't be using. That is something that creates awareness. And once you are aware of something, now you know, not just that you need to do something. So it's it's way beyond that because you, you will know how to fix this or to start fixing this. Definitely. And that's, uh, that's such important advice to give anyone who's having an issue with their relationship to food and not just with PCOS or anything like that, just mm-hmm. in general, that's so prevalent. So thank you so much for your advice. I really enjoyed this interview and I hope that all of you got uh, so much out of it. I, I really learned so much every time we speak. And can you tell us what's the best way to find you if someone is uh, searching for a you know, certified nutritionist who specializes in PCOS and infertility and hormonal imbalances? Well, you can reach me out at ivfmd.com. Uh, definitely, uh, there's a lot of information right there, and you can contact me. Uh, yeah, there's uh, all the information right there. So go to the website, ivfmd.com, and you will contact me right there. Also, of course, uh, you can join me in uh, my Facebook. I Everyone who wants to join my Facebook, Marta Montenegro, and wants to shoot me a message, 
for sure do it. I I answer everything. I'm I'm really on top of um, everything that I can do for the patients uh, with PCOS and any other metabolic condition that definitely, if anything, is not about treating the condition rather than while getting gaining quality of life. I'm very focused about quality of life because it doesn't matter how much we do or we live if if we don't enjoy quality of life. Well, you are going to probably be getting a lot of messages from our listeners. <laughs> so thank you so much uh, for being on the show again. And to all of you, have a wonderful week. We are going to be posting Marta's contact information in our show notes. So uh, please check those and let us know your thoughts on our Facebook page as well at Florida Complete Wellness. And I will see you guys next week. Take care. And that's the end of this episode of the PCOS Revolution podcast. If you've enjoyed the show and want to help me spread the word about how women with PCOS and hormonal imbalances can lead happier, more healthier lives, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. They really do make a difference. If you'd like to have a question answered on the show or would like to recommend a guest, please go to floridacompletewellness.com slash podcast. If you're on social media, you can follow me at facebook.com slash Florida complete wellness and twitter.com slash Florida complete, where I post a lot of interesting research webinars and articles on our blog about really getting to the root of hormonal imbalances like PCOS. So it's a great way to stay in touch with the latest developments. Thanks so much for listening and see you soon. Mm -hmm.